Welcome to the village. Right, today my guest co-host is Gabby. Hi, Gabby. Hello. Thanks so much for being here. We're going to talk about yoga today. You are an expert that can guide us and talk to us about this really important topic. But before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself further, tell everybody who you are, what you do. Yep. So I am a nurse practitioner. I work in family medicine. I um, worked as a nurse for about six years before switching into the role of a nurse practitioner. I Actually, I started my career in the NICU, so I have a little love for pediatrics here, too. Gotta love Um, the babies. (laughs) Yeah. And then I kind of was like, all right, well, maybe I'll broaden things, go into family medicine and still get my my fix of uh, kiddos, too. Yeah, you do. You really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yoga-wise, I had always kind of, I've been doing yoga for probably 12-ish years, you know, got into it for my own health and wellness and definitely later found out some of the other benefits of it. And then, uh, yeah, kind of uh, jumped all the way in and became a instructor and it's been great ever since. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool because I've met a lot of people who do yoga, but to actually be instructor level, you have to be really good at it (laughs) and know a lot about it. Where do you work as an instructor? Somewhere locally? Yeah, so I work at Alpen House Fitness Center and I actually, I I would go there for classes and things Mm -hmm. along those lines just because it's local. And they actually approached me and said, hey, would you be interested in doing a teacher training? Wow. Um, So that's kind of... So they must have seen something. Mm -hmm. What did you notice? You said you wanted to do it for your own health and wellness. And then along the way, you discovered more benefits. So what kind of things did you discover about yoga? Yeah, so I actually, I first started doing yoga in high school. I was on like a cross country and track team and all sorts of things like that. And we actually had people come teach us yoga to do more for stretching and strengthening in that Mm -hmm. sense. That's initially why I started doing yoga for, you know, more, you know, muscle relaxation and things along those lines. But then I kind of, you know, going in through nursing school and things like that, I really needed an outlet for my own stress relief and to keep my sanity. Yeah. Um, So then I kind of, found myself throughout college and things like that going towards yoga and I actually took a course in in college it was movement and self-awareness so it was actually a mix of like yoga and pilates and more uh, meditation kind of things as well and that's kind of when I saw some of the other mind components and benefits you know where I initially had started with the physical benefits of of yoga. Yeah that's interesting you say that because there's so many types of yoga and so many aspects to yoga Mm -hmm. When people do the more harder yoga, like for me, I I do it at home because I'm not that flexible. I don't want people to see me trying to reach for things I can't reach. So I just, I have an online yoga subscription and it's like an unlimited online access. I just pick different videos and it is hard. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I did notice that if I'm more focused, it's a little easier to do, but you have to get to that focus. But then the more you try to focus, the more you can focus, I Mm -hmm. guess. With the relaxation aspect, I guess it it dates back to what yoga originally was for, Mm -hmm. right? Do you know some of the history of yoga? Yeah, so some of the history, it's it's actually interesting to see how yoga has become westernized here, how we do it in America. You know, the asana, the pose itself, where initially and originally it wasn't 
asana is a very small portion of what yoga is. Mm-hmm. It's more of the mind-body connection and mm-hmm. the spirituality to it. That Western yoga here in America is totally right, opposite right. of that. Yeah. It's only when you go further, when you do the yoga teacher training, that you learn more of that aspect of things and mm-hmm. like talking about the yamas and niyamas and like the moral observances and, and finding out the morality that kind of goes along with yoga, which most people who practice yoga, yeah. especially in like big group fitness classes and things like that don't always bring in. Yeah. So yeah, the origins of yoga are, are like ancient India mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of years ago and was first connected with like, like you said, like a spirituality and they're in some of the spiritual guidebooks mm-hmm. as part of like connecting and, and like with a higher, with kind of like your higher self. So that was all very spiritual. And probably we won't know for sure now, but I guess that was more like the focus that like you said. And then the physical aspect was, it kind of comes along with it because when you're doing these positions and postures and then a whole wellness, the more you are not connecting with just the actual physical world, the more you're connecting with a higher spiritual world, mm-hmm. the less you're focused on these things like, like meals and, and, you know, you know, we, we get these, these cravings and these quick fixes with the food that we eat. But when you're with this kind of higher focus, you're more like in your mind, right? So that's why automatically this physical wellness seems to be connected with ancient yoga. Absolutely. But then it it went through many different processes, right? You said, and then the modern day yoga, I think, came more to the West in the 1800s. And now we're at where we're at now, Mm -hmm. right? So when you teach yoga, what do you teach your students? And like, what is the focus? And how do you feel that you benefit? And this is a lot of questions, but how do you feel you benefit? And then what benefits are you teaching your students then? Yeah. So it's one of those things that's hard, especially in a gym aspect of yoga, which is how I got into yoga initially. Um, But I do love that a lot of our our yoga teachers have done the same training and we all are on that same aspect of implementing more of the spirituality part. And I've actually had a lot of conversations with people who are like very much Christianity and things like that and and feel a hesitation to do yoga. And I'm like, no, 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 that's Mm -hmm. absolutely not. You know, I'm not pushing any religion or anything along those lines because it's a, a spirituality portion where I've actually I've talked to people about the yamas and niyamas, the moral mm-hmm. observances, which are actually very similar to like Christianity's Ten Commandments. Are, right. They're yeah. almost exactly the same thing. Right. Um, so it's interesting in that sense. When you start discovering the benefits of yoga beyond the physical and including mm-hmm. the physical and then beyond the physical, how did you find what were those benefits? Yeah. And so what can you then impart on your students or anybody listening to you. Yeah. So I would say initially, yeah, the physical aspect of yoga was what drew me to it initially. But then, like I said, starting, you know, doing more of it in college for the stress relief, for the, you know, calming down 
your mind. You know, anxiety is a big portion of everyone's daily life and yeah. especially people who have more issues with anxiety, but it's a it's a time to set aside to yourself to really slow things down and mm-hmm. help you clear your mind. Meditation kind of goes hand in hand with yoga when you just sit and you focus on clearing the mind. But it's also a lot of people have an issue with, well, things are going to pop up in your head. Mm-hmm. No one is expected to be a master in meditation. And I say that to my students a lot of times. Like You're not expected to not have any thoughts during a meditation. Um, It's more of slowing everything down, acknowledging it, and letting it go. A lot of times when you talk about anxiety, yoga is great to pull your mind back in to focus on your breath. That's always in yoga, you tell people to, to move with their breath. Inhales are upward, exhales are downward qualities. To really hone in on that and focus on your breath, so much of everything else kind of slows down too. That's why I stuck with yoga for my own stress management and anxiety. Absolutely. Going through college and, and life as an adult too. Adulting. Adulting. <laughs> yep. It's really interesting. Like I'm really soaking this all in. It's so funny because I'm originally. I grew up here, but originally from India, and I feel like yoga came to me more in the Western sense, but then appreciating things about India with some of the foods and the Ayurveda and all the natural and everything. It's such a spiritual country, and there's so many different religions, all very deep-rooted in spirituality, so they do these things, and just to, to just learn about it from what it really is and what the meaning is, because yoga did lose a part of the originality when it came from India to the West. And I guess it's to make it more, I guess, Westernized in a way, yeah. because we do think about like fitness and doing different group activities. And there was a lot of Hollywood influence and, you know, they got to stay really toned there. The spiritual aspect, I think the West in general, the spirituality is much less of a focus in general Absolutely. than like the Eastern cultures. But People who are interested can bring that back because, like you said, one of the benefits, one of the major benefits is the ability to relax and decrease the anxiety. Because when you think about it, you wonder, why does exercise and then why does yoga specifically help with anxiety? Why is that? And then when you're mentioning the breath, is that what is that what it is? Is that the key? Uh, for me, absolutely. And I think so. And it, it is one of those things, your mind's running 24-7. So when you do bring everything in, honestly, it's it's time when you're doing yoga, it's time you've set aside for yourself to take care of yourself that you otherwise probably wouldn't have. So you take that time and you're focused on one thing and everything else kind of falls to the wayside for that, you know, one hour class, you know, and a lot of you mentioned Ayurveda. And so a lot of Ayurveda is the doshas of different constitutions of how we are. So one of the things that they talk about in Ayurveda is the rajas, which is like the passion, the zeal, the energy. So I always found because I I tend to prefer, you know, like a hot power yoga or Bikram or something along those Mm -hmm. lines, because for me to quiet everything upstairs in my head, you need to burn it out. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that way. You have to burn out the energy. I think too, where that would be, you know, beneficial for kids when you talk about how much energy everyone has, especially people who exercise in the evening, you do the yoga first, you do the exercise, you do everything to quiet the mind and to quiet everything down because you have all the things of the day that have happened and, you know, you're running a mile a minute. You take that time to burn all that, the rest of that energy out and then you kind of settle in and, and focus and look inward. And absolutely that's led by the breath. 
that's mm-hmm. that makes so much sense and because when you think about meditation or yoga you think some people think you're just being like really still and quiet or that might work for some people like i think i'm more of a stillness relaxation mm-hmm. kind of person to reboot but some people need to work it out yes. or maybe one person needs both mm-hmm. and one thing leads to another but that is really important like know that okay this is my half hour this is my hour where from this time to this time, I'm going to be doing this activity. And because I'm doing this activity, I just do it, focus on what it is, which is the breath and the movements, and not on every other thing. But you can focus on the next step. Do you have any tips for how to focus? Because, right, we are all running a million miles a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not letting ourselves stop and think, always trying to go, go, go. So, How do you get yourself to that place where you can actually give yourself time? So one thing that I really love to talk about, especially in my yoga classes, is uh, implementing ujjayi breath, which is like the ocean sounding, almost like fogging up a mirror, the almost like a hum hum sound (laughs) to it. That, it's actually interesting to pull in the medical side of things, is we know that humming and things like that stimulate the vagus nerve, which help you it's parasympathetic it it helps you calm down and relax so right there you're already doing something that's going to benefit you in the sense of rest and digest and and calming things down can you do that example again (laughs) (laughs) i encourage people in my classes to do like deep sighing and yawning and things all along those lines that are breathing yeah but also stimulate the vagus nerve too that makes so much sense Mm -hmm. and that's why when we're thinking about something or we're nervous about something, we do tend to let out a big breath or a sigh if we're anxious about something. Those aspects would probably then, I imagine, because I started thinking about this as I was reading about it, I said, would that focus help you with the physical discomfort that yoga <laughs> can bring? Because you're using your whole body muscles, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, and one thing I always kind of say in my classes too is to, is to send the breath. So, you know, when you're holding like a pigeon pose, which is super stretching of your hips, which is tight for most people, it's one of those things, send your breath. It makes you focus on your breath in, in people's minds and especially mine. I picture myself sending my breath to wherever in my body I'm feeling it. And I think that helps center people into focus in that sense. So, yeah. So is that kind of like like you'd said before with the thoughts, just accept that it's happening. So accept that there is a discomfort in your body. Mm-hmm. And and let it go. It's not permanent, right? Mm-hmm. At what point would you let it go? Like, is it too much? Is, is there a difference between pushing and overdoing? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's one of the things I start every class with is listen to your body. Know when nothing in yoga should be painful. It can be uncomfortable, but no one should ever be in pain. Okay. Yeah. So recognizing discomfort versus pain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And really just tuning into your body and knowing what is enough and what could be pushed a little bit more or less. Okay. That's all, all good advice. I just recently realized that yoga is actually recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics. Really? Yeah, yeah. because of all these these benefits that we mentioned. So this is what they say, because you're focusing on a connection with your breath and movement, the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, describes it as a release from today's fast-paced and tech-heavy world. So you unplug, 
they say you leave your phone and your shoes behind mm -hmm. and you unplug, which is really great because you can't be having your technology around you when you are working out, especially when you're doing something like yoga, which is more than a workout. You need to be focusing either on what you're doing and what the teacher is telling you and what you're supposed to be doing next. And this is teaching kids what is so lacking today, right? Mm -hmm. Living in the moment being away from tech, being away from all these stimuli, mm -hmm. which will help them to, A, focus. And they also said, interestingly, handle problems peacefully. Absolutely. I would even say coping just in general. Because, yeah, even you you find yourself doing the, the breath work when you're in a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. The stress you feel in a yoga class with a deep stretch isn't wildly unlike stress you feel in life. And also something I like to... My teacher, my teacher, Jenny Lee Toner, she's one of her famous lines that I love is um, not every action deserves a react. Um, so being able to kind of sit with something has happened and you take it for what it is. Maybe you do a deep breath or so and then you go on. Not everything deserves a reaction. I think we a lot of times live in this world of constant stimuli, like you said, yeah. with phones and you hear from everyone can text you, call you, talk mm -hmm. to you on the Internet, whatever it may be. But knowing that. We don't always have to react to those things. That is true. And, and in a way, your reaction can be your own breathing. Mm -hmm. That can be the way you react to it. Exactly. Right? Which is so much healthier because you can't control everything that people are saying or doing. And the older you get, the more you tell yourself that. And it doesn't mean you always learn it. Exactly. <laughs> Just you remind mm -hmm. yourself about it more because I think these past few years have taught us too with all these uh, different opinions about things, you can't change that person's opinion or, or reaction in the way they handle things, mm -hmm. right? So that's a really good skill for children to start to to learn young. Absolutely. Uh, we, we put it in with, yes, athletic people do do yoga, but it can also be something that it doesn't matter, right? Whether they're athletic or not. Mm -hmm. So yoga is not limited or yes. limiting, would you say? Not at all. I, I encourage, I have a lot of elderly patients that I encourage to do chair yoga is a thing where you can be seated the entire time and, and do some more mild asana exercise. But absolutely, even initially when you said you yeah. uh, only do yoga at home because <laughs> yeah. you're embarrassed about your flexibility, that is probably one of the most unyogic things you could say yeah. because it's every yoga is for everyone. Yeah. And there is no limit on yoga. There is no, there's no judgment in yoga either. That's more encouraging. You had said with the sports in high school too, I guess it can be used in conjunction, right? Because it improves your flexibility and decreases your chances of injury. Did yeah. you notice that? Absolutely. Or have you been noticing mm -hmm. that? And strengthening muscles that you probably wouldn't have strengthened just because mm -hmm. yoga is so dynamic and different and focuses on just about every muscle group you can imagine in your body. Absolutely. It can be a very good addition um, to any kind of sport or activity yeah, that you're doing. We do have a lot of teenage athletes and I had noticed when you know, they were not in their sports as much for at least a year, if not a little longer during the, the height of the pandemic. And then there's a lot more injuries going back. So it's kind of like because they had deconditioned or unconditioned yeah. these muscles so had I known back then I would have encouraged them all do yoga and your time off would have probably helped prevent some things yeah, yeah I actually had a high schooler come to one of my classes he uh was pole vaulting 
Mm-hmm. And with pole vaulting, you have to do pretty pretty significant backbending, which is not something most people do in their life. Yeah. You, don't, you don't do backbends that yeah. often. Um, so it's one of those flexibilities you kind of have to work towards and, and strengthen your back muscles to be able to handle that kind of deep bend. So that was actually a fun one to really focus on yeah. on backbending. That's not something you would do, but a pole vaulter absolutely would. <laughs> and, and it's cool that you meet all these different people because they're all there for a different reason, right? Mm-hmm. Or one could argue for a very similar reason, right? Just to improve their health and well-being. And you had mentioned too with the anxiety um, that's another thing that the American Academy of Pediatrics had mentioned that they liked about yoga for kids. It helps for kids with their focus. So like kids with ADHD, kids with autism, kids with anxiety. So helping with so many different aspects, like in a, a kid with ADHD, they can learn to focus better because mm-hmm. you're working on focus techniques Yeah, and they can get that energy out if they're hyper. Mm-hmm. Kids on the spectrum too, just they have these issues with anxiety and with really communicating. So it's almost like connecting yeah. and communicating. Yeah, absolutely. Way. It's yoga is a great method of self-regulation and strictly because of the breath work too. So I think absolutely that that's beneficial to uh, any kid with any kind of well in mental health alone. That's can be beneficial. And so, can you comment on like why? Yes, with the breath work and the posture. So what is it about yoga that helps you to self-regulate, would you say? Yeah, I think the breath really helps you focus on one thing at a time, but it lets you feel what you're feeling in the moment. But like I said, with not not reacting, being able to calm yourself down with your breath, stimulate your own vagus nerve, and just really bring it into what you're experiencing and kind of leaving the outside out. Because what you do on the yoga mat absolutely translates outside of your life without noticing it. One thing that I've even noticed on myself and I have kind of imparted on my family members is um, when you're lifting something, so many people hold their breath when they go to lift things. And I'm like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But so much of that normal breath work that I uh, do regularly in yoga absolutely translates over in every other aspect of your life while you're doing anything and everything. Yeah. So yeah. It's the more you do something, the more it becomes habit. natural. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which in this case would be a good habit as opposed to some of the other habits. <laughs> yes. Then of course, when you are doing something and, and finding that you're succeeding in multiple ways, your confidence, your self-esteem, how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your day and the world. It's always good to have something with that. I have some resources here where people can find yoga, but where would you recommend? Do you think that people, whether it be kids or their parents or just anybody to find some way to, to do yoga, whether it's yeah. in person. So or- I always offer to a lot of their patient wise too, there's a lot of financial constraints. Yoga is yeah. not always cheap to go to, especially the hot power classes and things yeah. along those lines. But there's so many avenues on the internet. There's Do Yoga With Me has very safe practitioners as well as Yoga With Adrian on YouTube. I, oh yeah, I love I, her. Oh, wait, yes, yeah. I push that to so many people because yeah. she does a pretty wide range. I think she does some chair yeah. yoga. She does beginner yoga up to intermediate and advanced. So there's definitely an avenue for anyone to kind of explore. And like you said, a lot of people feel more 
more comfortable, you know, trying it out at home in their own space. So absolutely anyone interested, that's a great stepping stone. And there's so many different kinds of yoga. There are, like I said, like the hot power flows, the, the Bikram classes. Those can be pretty intense for a lot of people and that it's always worth it to try different ones out to kind of see which one fits best. There's restorative yoga, which is one of my favorites where you kind of roll on the floor and hold long stretches for a Mm -hmm. long period of time and you have blankets and pillows that I'm sure a lot of people don't really know much about that kind of uh, yoga style either. So definitely, you know, looking in your local yoga studios to see different kinds of classes and and definitely try things to see what best fits you. Yeah, I love that yoga with Adrienne. She's on YouTube. She's it's free. She's funny. She's got a dog with her. (laughs) Have you heard of bright and salted yoga? Apparently, that's another YouTube one. Oh, no. Yeah, I've never tried it. But you know, online, they say that's a good one. On Amazon, there's DVDs, of course, that those yeah. those cost money, but not a ton of money. There's classes for kids on YouTube, Cosmic Kids Yoga. So that's something I don't think it's any money, actually. Mm-hmm. There's a website that gives you resources for different things for, for kids' activities, and they have tips and resources for kids' yoga. It's called actionforhealthykids.org. So there's something to look up for parents, maybe some that they could find on there. I personally use Yoga Works online. Mm-hmm. They have in-person classes too, but I use just the online. It's $15 a month subscription. They have all the on-demand yoga that you could use with all the different you put in, you know, whether you want to feel detoxed or sweaty or calm. They mentioned to you like how you said a restorative class. They have those kinds too. So you can just get a little blurb of how it's going to make you feel. I, I think that's the great thing about yoga. It's so available. Yeah. Right. So if you really want to try it and just get a mat and try it. Exactly. And start out slow, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Always start out slow. Yeah. Don't overdo it or be mm-hmm. a hero because not everybody's <laughs> flexible, right? Exactly. Did you feel like your flexibility increased as the more you did it? Absolutely. And it's things you don't even know about your body that you probably wouldn't No, otherwise. Um, One thing we always make a a big joke, some of my uh, group of friends who teach yoga, I have externally rotated hips. So external uh, different things like full lotus pose where your legs are totally crossed is something that's easy for me. But one of my, uh, my two of my my good friends um, are more internal rotation. And actually I learned that even more. My friend Chrissy and I, who teaches yoga, we went skiing. I learned mm-hmm. how to ski this year. Wow. Hey. And, uh, Just this but, year, huh? <laughs> yes. Learning different things. Uh, yes. You know, never too late to learn something mm-hmm. new. But so much of skiing is the internal rotation mm-hmm. to slow down, to stop, is the, like the pizza that they teach you in, in skiing is so hard for me because my, my natural is my hips splay out. Yeah. So that's the external rotation. So it's one of those things normally you would have no idea, but I'm sitting on the ski slope talking yeah. to my other yeah. yoga friend. I'm like, oh, it's my external rotation. Right. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. And she's the internal rotator. So she's an expert at skiing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. See, mm-hmm. so you can try everything, but not everyone's going to be good at everything. And that's okay. Exactly. But, but then also you can use that to build. You know what I mean? You can do more internal rotation. You can do you know, eagle pose where you do all internal rotation and wrap your yeah. legs around one another. There's definitely ways where you can kind of identify those things where maybe you're not so great at to work on. And like I said, you, it'll benefit you in other aspects of your life, other sports, other hobbies. So absolutely. Yeah. You as a medical provider, 
You heard it from Gabby. Do you recommend? <laughs> do you recommend yoga? Absolutely, yeah. without a doubt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any last final thoughts or anything you wanted to mention or bring up that I didn't bring up or that you wanted the world to know? I just would reiterate, you know, that yoga is for everyone and and to take pieces of it that you want and leave behind what you don't. There is no judgment in yoga and and to always enjoy yourself and exactly take what serves you and, and leave what doesn't. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you.